1: heart is so essential here. Proverbs 4.23, above all else, guard your heart, for it's the wellspring of life. Your heart. If my heart is right, then I want to be pure. When your heart is pure, then, then, then you run, run, flee. Second, flee, fortify, fortify. Bible says fortify my mind.
0: Pastor Danny tells us from Proverbs, above all else, guard your heart. We guard our hearts by being careful about what we put inside of them. We fill it with the Word, with time spent in the presence of God worshiping Him, and we stay away from the things that would draw our hearts away from God and away from doing right. Do you find yourself doing the things that you don't want to do? Look at the influences that you've surrounded yourself with and remove anything that gets in the way of following Christ. Now here's Pastor Danny in the book of Revelation chapter 14 with today's edition of The Living Word.
1: David learned his lesson, but it was a hard one. And there were scars the rest of his life and scars with his family. But he did learn. He did learn. You know, just as there are examples of blots and blemishes on the record of the saints we have in the Bible, have you ever thought of the other side of the coin? Well, if not, let me help you out. There are some saints in the Bible that you don't have that kind of thing. And if God's going to tell the truth about David, he's going to tell the truth about everybody, right? Let me, st- let me throw some names out. Abel. Remember Cain and Abel? First two sons of Adam and Eve? Cain killed Abel. But you read the record in Hebrews, and Abel was offering sacrifices pleasing to the Lord. And now, one advantage of dying early, if you will, Cain killed Abel, and that's tragic. But, you know, Abel got out of here without an opportunity to make, more, make any mistakes, you know, like others did. You know, he got out of here, you know. And, you know, there's kind of an advantage to leaving early. I don't want to leave early, but I guess, well, it's too late for me now anyway. I can't leave early. And once you're my age, you're not going to leave early. But Abel, there, there, there's no lot. There's no blemish. Enoch. Enoch, he walked with God. And that was in a day they lived a whole lot longer, a whole lot more opportunity to mess up because you got more time to do it. Enoch walked with God and God was so pleased with him. He said, come on home. Samuel, Joseph, Joshua, Esther, Mary Magdalene, out of whom Jesus cast seven spirits. And after that, you find no blot or blemish on her record. She was there at the tomb. She was the first one Jesus appeared to after the resurrection. Mother Mary, the blessed mother. She is the blessed mother. She's not sinless like the Catholic Church teaches, but she is the blessed mother. And there's no blot and blemish on her record. Timothy, the Apostle Paul. So just as there are those that you, you look at in the Bible, you go, they made terrible mistakes. Thank God he forgave them. But... but There's still blots and blemishes. Let's go back to our text just for a minute. Revelation. What's the characteristic described? What's the characteristic of this special group? Here's what it says. Last verse we read. They are blameless. They're not sinless, but they are blameless. And there are two areas. Before I shut up, there are two areas it mentions they were blameless in. These are those who did not defile themselves with women for they kept themselves pure. What a victory. (laughs) Oh man, What, what a great thing to be able when you commit your life to Christ and after you commit your life to Christ, there's no blemish that you have given yourselves to any sexual sin. That's quite an accomplishment. If that doesn't give you a privileged position, I don't know what else would. Again, it's not self-righteousness, not self-righteousness, but it is an accomplishment by faith and by commitment and by sacrifice. And and here's the good news. It can be done. I know you're looking at me like, ah, it can't be done. It can be done. You can be victorious over sexual temptation. I'm going to give you the three biblical ways to be victorious over sexual temptation. I'm going to do it quickly because they're not hard to understand. The problem is not understanding them, the challenge is doing them. You know what the first one the Bible says? How to escape sexual sin? Run! Here's Joseph. He's 17 years old, he's been sold into slavery in Egypt. I mean, you talk about a terrible thing. He's done nothing wrong. He has dreams given to him by God about his future, and it's a glorious future. He tells his brothers. He tells his mom and dad. His brothers hate him even more. They already hate him. They sell him into slavery. He's 17 years old. So far from home, he's in Egypt. God's providentially uh, blessing him, but he doesn't feel blessed. He's working for this guy Potiphar and his wife. His wife takes note of Joseph. Joseph's 17 years old and the Bible tells us he was well built and handsome. He was a biblical hunk. (laughs) And she is trying, this wife of his master is trying to seduce him. Imagine that. How many 17 year old guys? I, I mean, I'm talking even Christians. 17-year-old guys, you have been so treated so terribly and you now have been sold into slavery and you're in another country somewhere and there's nobody else around and you've got this woman throwing herself at you? I mean, you need some love. If anybody needs love, this 17-year-old Joseph does. But he refuses to go to bed with her. And she sees a prime opportunity now after repeatedly trying to seduce Joseph. One day the servants are now out of the room, and now it's just her and Joseph. And she comes and she grabs him. I mean, imagine, she grabs him. Come to bed with me. You have to run. That's exactly what Joseph did, he ran. And she kept his cloak. I mean, he runs in his outer cloak and she ends up with it. She lies to her husband. That Hebrew, Hebrew slave, he tried to make sport of me. In other words, he tried to rape me, which was a lie. And for doing the right thing, Joseph gets sent to jail. He said, I did the right thing. How come it's so hard? Because you did the right thing. Flee. 1 Corinthians 6.18. New Testament says it no differently. Flee. Sexual immorality. Now, I need to make one quick note. So that's your first point, flee. But if your heart is not right, you're not going to run. I'll just note, you can write it down. Matthew 15, 19, out of the heart come evil thoughts. Murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, etc. See, if your heart is not right with God, you don't need the points I'm giving you. Because you're not going to run until your heart gets right. See, you want to be pure. That's where your heart is so essential here. Proverbs 4.23, above all else, guard your heart, for it's the wellspring of life. Your heart. If my heart is right, then I want to be pure. And when your heart is pure, then, 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 then you run, run, flee. Second, flee, fortify Fortify. Bible says, Fortify my mind. Romans twelve, don't be conformed to the pattern of this world, lust, sexual sin, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Philippians four eight. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Philippians three, verses eighteen and nineteen says, Those who don't know Christ and are living for this world have their mind set on earthly things, earthly things, earthly things. So, my mind, which is connected to my heart, flee, fortify my mind, my mind, my mind. That's why this morning, for my sake, not your sake, for my sake, I read the word, not the scriptures I'm teaching. Other scriptures in my regular Bible reading plan. Why? Because I need the word. To get my mind right. To keep my heart in tune. We need the word. The word, the word, the word, the word. So fortify my mind. Second, fortify my body. This is a challenge to fortify your mind. It takes discipline. And listen, the older you get, every birthday it's going to take more discipline to fortify your body. One of the things that I love, the fruit of, as a sixty-one-year-old man, is exercise. One of the things I hate, as a sixty-year-old man, sixty-one-year-old man, is exercise. I used to look forward to working out. I, I I I see the the product at the end of the other side. Hopefully, I, hopefully, you know, somebody asked me the other day, "Do you work out?" I almost like, don't know how to answer that. It's like, no, I just naturally look this good. <laughs> I mean, what do you say to that? Because what are they thinking? You must not work out. And, then, and I don't want to, you know, if you, I do work out, and if I don't look like I work out, something's wrong. In other words, if I look bad, imagine how bad I look if I didn't work out. God told Cain, who killed his brother Abel, Sin is crouching at your door. You must master it. Now, this is not a carnal kind of thing, but it is biblical because 2 Peter 2.19 says, a man is a slave to whatever has mastered him. Paul the apostle in 1 Corinthians 6.12 said, I will not be mastered by anything. And then he said in 1 Corinthians 9.27, I beat my body and I make it my slave. Now, he's not literally beating his body. He's talking about self-discipline, self-discipline. First Corinthians, it's all over the Bible, all over the New Testament, especially. First Thessalonians 4, 3 through 5. It is God's will that you should be holy. That you should avoid sexual immorality. That each of you should learn to control his body in a way that's holy and honorable. Learn to control his body. I find it. Interesting, when you read practical instruction like in Titus chapter two, in Titus chapter two, Paul is telling Titus, here are the things you need to teach the church, teach the church. And I'm not going to read the whole thing. I just want you to see what happens here that's so practical. He deals with teaching the older men, teaching the older women, teaching the younger men, And teaching the younger women. And you know what the consistent thing he wants them to teach? He wants Titus to teach to all of those old and young? I circled it. I circled it in these verses, verses 2 through 6. You know what it is? Here's what I've circled. I know you can't see it. I'm going to tell you what it is. Self-control. 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 Every one of them. Teach the older men to be self-controlled. Teach the younger men to be self-controlled. Teach the older women to be self-controlled. Teach the younger women to be self-controlled. There never comes a time when you don't maintain that because the day you don't maintain that is the day you walk out on your balcony and there's Bathsheba. I say it every time. I'm going to say it again. When you read the record, It says, in a time when kings go off to war. David stayed home. He went out on his balcony. You know when the time kings go off to war? Well, it tells us in the text, if I could take you to it. It was in the spring. I'm not trying to be funny. It just is what it is. You know when so many people fall? Especially guys, girls too, in the spring. When you like David, take a break. Spring break. <laughs> Taking so many down. But it doesn't matter what time of year it is. It, it, flee, fortify my mind, connected to my heart, and my body. Develop and maintain self control self-control. One of the best pieces of advice my friend Carl Dixon, pastor at Calvary Chapel, Sarasota, gave me years ago. He said, he said every day I try to do one at least one thing I don't want to do and every day I try to do something I don't want to do and not do something I want. It's that daily self-discipline, self-control. Flee, fortify, and then number three, Fight the battle daily. Simple, <laughs> but challenging to live. Flee. You better run. And if your heart is pure, run, run, run. Look, let's get real practical here. There, you're going to be in that apartment. You're going to be in that condo. You're going to be in that house alone with them. Now, if it's your biblical wife or husband, yeah, I'm talking about it's your girlfriend, it's your boyfriend, it's your fiance and you're going to be alone with them, and you're going to to not fail? Well, if you can do that, you're a better man than me. Let me tell you. Because it's a natural God-given drive. Look, we need to point out, sex is not the problem. We're the problem. God created sex to be enjoyed in holy matrimony. And why is sex outside of marriage sin? Some people don't understand this. Well, because God said so. But, you know, come on. Let's be... How do we understand this? Why is it sin? For the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. And then at the end, I'm talking to you, Paul says, about Christ and the church. The living human illustration of the relationship between Christ and his church is to be the husband and the wife. The husband and the wife. To be real technical, as Christians, we're just betrothed to Christ, there hasn't been a wedding. There hasn't been a physical union. The physical union, where you come together physically as husband and wife, is to represent when Jesus comes or we go to be with him, and we're with him physically. And so sex, the most intimate thing you can do with another human being, is to illustrate and point to the relationship that we will have with Christ after this life, for all eternity. It's an all-expenses-paid honeymoon with Jesus. And you have to wrap your head around it by faith, especially us guys. It's better than earthly sex. (laughs) You go, really? How could it be? It is. It is. Flee, fortify, fight the battle daily. Now, I want to give you one practical point before I bring it to a close. In Ephesians chapter 4, Paul, the apostle says, so I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. They're darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost, notice this, all sensitivity They have given themselves over to sensuality as to indulge, so as to indulge in every kind of impurity, including sexual impurity, with a continual lust for more. And here's the practical point. I found it in Mark Batterson's book, If, that I'm reading right now. And let me just read you one little section here that he talks about something that, unless he explains it, you have no idea. Uh, what he's talking about. You ever hear of the law of diminishing marginal utility? Good, because neither are I until I read this. It sounds so fancy, the law of diminishing marginal utility, but it's really quite simple. At some point, more is less. As you increase consumption of a product while keeping consumption of other products constant, there is a decline in the gain you derive from consuming each additional unit of that product. Mark Batterson says, I tested this theory with Haribo gummy bears for many years. (laughs) And I can confirm that it's true. The more you consume, the less you enjoy. The law of diminishing marginal utility is one more reason why fasting is so powerful, so important. And not just fasting, but feasting. The Bible prescribes both. The problem with our supersized culture is that we feast all the time. There's a name for that, gluttony. If you indulge in whatever you want, whenever you want, you'll enjoy it less and less. And it'll be harder and harder to satiate your hunger pains. Just one of the practical reasons why self-control in all areas of life, but especially in the area of sexual temptation God wants us to be satisfied and full of joy and self-control is part of the path to that joy and that kind of life so one of the things that they're commended for revelation 14 this special group of 144,000 jews They are those who did not defile themselves with women. They kept themselves pure sexually. And then the second one, and I'm not going to scare you. I know what time it is. There's a clock right there. No lie was found in their mouth. They are blameless. No lie was found in their mouth. There's no hypocrisy. There's no hidden sin. John 3, 19 through 20. This is the verdict. Jesus says light is coming to the world. He is the light of the world. But men love darkness rather than light. And those that love darkness will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. If you have a problem with pornography, I don't believe you'll be free until you open up with somebody you love and somebody you can trust. Find another brother in the Lord and tell them, I got a problem here. I got a problem. I need help from God and I need help from you. The three-chord strand is not easily broken. We need accountability in a good way. Don't keep sin hidden, hidden, hidden. One of the pieces of the armor that God provides for us is called the belt of truth. The belt of truth is not the word of God. That's not the word of God. The belt of truth, it's no hypocrisy. I like to say the belt of truth keeps our spiritual pants up. What you see is what you get. No hidden sin. Nothing lurking in the darkness. Paul said, I'm jealous for you with a godly jealousy. I promised you to one husband to Christ so that I might present you as a pure virgin to him. But I'm afraid that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning your minds may be somehow led astray from your pure devotion to Christ. If you've been led astray as a Christian from your pure devotion to Christ, today's the first day of the rest of your life. Would you confess it? Would you get it right with God? Would you determine from today moving forward, you get the past under the blood, If there's something you need to confess to another brother or sister, if you're a sister, I recommend confessing to a sister that you love and you know and you trust. If you're a brother, I recommend confessing to a brother and then move forward without the guilt, without the shame. Move forward beginning to live now in victory because the day's coming. We're going to stand before the judgment seat. You want to hear him say,
0: good job. Thanks for joining us today to study the book of Revelation right here on The Living Word. You can check out more of Pastor Danny's teachings throughout the Bible at our website ccfstpete.church Once you're there, just look under the Media tab and click on Sermons. We would also like to encourage you to subscribe to our YouTube channel to stay up to date on the latest videos. If you have any questions or would simply like to talk with us, please send us an email. Our address is info at ccfstpete.church Again, that email address is info at ccf. S-T-P-E-T-E dot church. Be sure to let us know how we can be praying for you when you send us that email. In addition to that, we would love to meet you in person. So if you're ever in the St. Petersburg area, feel free to join us for our weekly church services at Calvary Chapel Fellowship. Check out our website for service times and all the information you need to join us. We're also live streaming our services for those who are staying at home or live further away. So please don't let proximity to our campus stop you from worshiping with us. You can find out more on our website. Once more, that was ccfstpete.church. Well, that's all the time we have for today. But be sure to join Pastor Danny again next time for more from the book of Revelation right here on The Living Word.